Blog Talk Radio.
Hit me two times. Uh, uh. They call him the voice of reason. I just call him my younger brother. JB, welcome back to the Madden Voice. Yes, sir. I certainly was glad to be home. Uh, a wonderful time. It was so good the first time. We was set to do it twice. And um, you got to love how the winds blow because it's always the winds of change that take over and always the prevalence. So, yes, love. Uh, how profound those words are coming from you, Brother Jay. So how profound those words are. And uh, we have a guy over there. He's probably been breakdancing, spinning on his head. Uh, you know, uh, you know. I, I, I don't know. He's, he's, he's probably been really happy. His team is nine and two. You know, he's probably happy. I don't really care that he's happy, but he's probably happy. You know, um, you know. Well, we're gonna talk about his Steelers and how they've resurrected their season. They were left for dead a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, maybe four, three or four weeks ago. And uh, now they're looking like one of the best teams in the NFL. K-Star is with us tonight. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Happy to be here. Happy to have a team that's 9-2. and two. Happy to not know what these, these recent struggles are looking like. Happy to not be there yeah, well, publishing right now. Hey, man, fuck you, mm. okay? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you know? The show's rated R. Mom, if you're listening, I already had to apologize to my mama this weekend because she said, you know, I've listened to a couple of your shows, and uh, hmm, uh, I said, Mom, I'm sorry, but I warned you. Hmm, Jay, you were sitting there, Jay. I, hey, I warned you. You know, it's been oh, one of them seasons. I may, I may, I'm going to do some cussing tonight. I'm going to do some. Ma, if you're listening, uh, I'm going to apologize now. If anybody else is offended by the profanity, I apologize. I'll try. No, I ain't going to try. I ain't going to try anything. I'm, I got to do what I got to do. But the show is rated R for a reason. And if you're under 18, um, be forewarned. There's going to be some cussing on the show tonight. I, I want to start with Tlaib and Crabtree. I, I need to start there. I need to start there because... As everybody knows, it was Tlaib and Crabtree round two. Let's get ready to rumble. Um, I'm sure, unless you were living under a rock, you saw what happened right near the beginning of the game. And uh, earlier, or actually, I think it was yesterday, it was announced uh, late yesterday, two-game suspension. Um, Both players appealed. And it was announced recently that both suspensions reduced to one game. You know, the NFL can move quick when they really want to. Here it is, Tuesday night, and, 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 and it's a one-game suspension. Anybody else, when it's the Cowboys, it's got to take years. But this one, they, you know, they, and they knew when they did two, they were going to have to bring it back to one. You know, but they're both getting a game suspension. And, and a little background in case, again, you're living under a rock. Last uh, year, last week of the season – uh, Talib had his chain snatched from him by, uh, I'm sorry, Crabtree had his chain around his neck snatched from him by Talib. He was punked. Um, Crabtree really didn't do anything about it when he was asked about it. You know, he didn't, he didn't think of it as much of a big deal. You know, he's like, hey, whatever. You know, I'm not going to get thrown out of a game, you know, over, over something like that. Um, however, this year, Crabtree seemed to have a little bit of a different opinion. A lot of the players on both sides thought something was going to happen. 
Um, if you watch the play, you could see that Crabtree is blocking Tlaib, and while he's blocking him, uh, Tlaib yanks his chain off again. And this year, this time Crabtree wasn't having it. Fist of cuffs took place, um, and uh, you know they both got ejected, and uh, two game suspension reduced to one. I'm curious to get JB and K-Star's perspective, but I heard a lot of opinions about this. It's a bad look. I heard Deion Sanders say, you guys, this is getting too personal. I know you both live in the Dallas area. I'm giving you guys a call tomorrow because somebody needs to man up and this, that, and the other. And Lewis Riddick, who I actually, you know, um, I used to, uh, Eric Mangini used to be on ESPN. Now he's on Fox but Lewis Riddick has that same kind of very thoughtful, you know, coach front office uh, position on things. Former player, but, you know, definitely a higher level opinion. He thought it was a bad look. Um, Stephen A. said that, you know, with all the stuff going on with Kaepernick and how we're being looked at, you know, this is really not a good look for, for African-Americans. Never mind the NFL. It's already got enough black guys. So I heard everybody's opinion, and I don't agree with none of them. I don't agree with none of them. Here's where I'm coming from, and then I'll get you guys' opinion. Tlaib got what he deserved. You know, there are times in life where there are things bigger. And, and Jay will at least, and I don't know how Jay feels about this, but Jay will know this. We were raised by a father who believed in respect, and that was number one with our father, may he rest in peace, the great Arthur Floyd. It was all about respect. And Jay and I know a story about our father and a window incident when he was at work. And Jay, what was the famous quote from our father? <laughs> I'm going to let you say it because you said it so much better. You want to go to war with me? Thank you. Over a <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, it's a long story, but the bottom line was there was a little issue over a window being open and closed, and Dad wasn't having it. Okay, I know another time that there was, and I don't know if Jay even knows this story, but there was a, an incident at the mailbox, and my mom was yep. talking to the mailman, and the mailman had some words from my mother, and my Uncle Charles overheard it, and he told my dad, he said, hey, Art, that mailman's talking kind of rough to your wife, and dad was like, what? And he walked down there and took care of it. Respect is number one, okay? Respect. Now, when Tlaib yanked that chain last year, I ain't mad at Crabtree for not doing anything because he, he looked at it and said, I don't want to get thrown out of the game. I don't want a penalty. I'm not trying to hurt my team. However, after that, the NFL did nothing. And for a year, Crabtree was ridiculed by everybody about being a punk, about being soft. Every time that issue came up, Memes everywhere, people talking about it. Now, that's going to work on somebody. So he came in this game saying, I ain't having it. I ain't, no, I ain't nobody's punk. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, Tlaib is from the streets. Everybody's from the streets. I hear that crap all the time. Everybody's from the streets. It's man on man. It's mano y mano. And if somebody disrespects you, like they talk about bullies, you can't, I don't give a damn about the NFL and their reputation. They didn't do anything a year ago when Tlaib yanked the chain off of Crabtree. They didn't step in and fine him or reprimand him, anything, nothing. But now when Crabtree strikes back after it happens a second time, 
Now you want to step up and suspend people and throw people out, and everybody wants to be holier than that? Where was all this last year? Somebody should have got on to leave last year and said, hey, man, there ain't no reason for you to be reaching in nobody's jersey, snatching somebody's chain. What the hell is wrong with you? But nobody did that. Everybody laughed. Everybody said to leave. He's tough. He's this. And Tra- Crabtree's a punk. Hey, Crabtree showed he ain't no punk. He stepped up, and I'm glad. I'm happy that he stepped up and defended his honor. I don't give a damn about NFL's reputation. And for one game, don't give a damn about the Raiders. Sorry. Hey, out of the 15 games, well, 14, because he's going to be suspended next game, I give you everything I got. But y'all owe me something. Y'all owe me this one. Because if I don't step up to this dude, we play this team twice a year. Okay? I don't know how long he's going to be in Oakland. I don't know how long, I mean, how long Crabtree's going to be in Oakland, how long Tlaib's going to be in Denver. But we see this team twice a year. I ain't about to go through this every time I play this dude. I take I taped my necklace to my myself to keep it secure, and he still yanked it. You think I'm going through this every time I play this cat? Hell no, because it's been proven in life. When you stand up to a bully, at some point, they back down. Now, I ain't saying Tlaib going to back down. I'm sure he ready to fire up. But he now know he ain't going to just walk over this dude. He now know you want to fight, I'm here for you. You want to step up, let's do this. Or we could call it even. You got me. I, you got me the first time. I got you the second time. You want to get back to playing football, or you want to take this to another level? Where you want to go with this? You started it, so I don't blame Crabtree one bit. The NFL should have stepped in and said, "To leaves the instigator, fine, suspend, whatever." And Crabtree shouldn't have had any penalty. I don't give a damn that he threw fisticuffs. What do you expect people to do in that situation? You just, yeah, it's just, it's just, it gets to the point where you just expect someone to put the league over themselves. When does the league put the players over the league? When does that happen? Give me one example of the league thinking more about the players than about the league. Everything they do is about their reputation, about their ability to generate revenue. And all of this while Colin Kaepernick is still sitting on the goddamn bench. I'm sorry, not the bench. He's sitting on his damn couch unemployed while they're hiring guys that ain't throw passes in three or four years to join teams. The whole thing is ridiculous. You want loyalty NFL? Show loyalty. Be fair. And what would have been fair was to make a statement and say, hey, 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 I get it. Crabtree shouldn't have did what he did. But in this particular case, judging it on its own merits, Tlaib was the instigator. Crabtree defended himself. We can't punish him for that. Now, we want you both to drop it, because now, if either one of you do anything, next time, coming down on both of you. I don't care who's at fault next time. You're both going to get in trouble, and you're not going to like it. That's what I would have done if it was Commissioner T. Now, I've said my piece. K-Star, I'm going to let you go first, and we'll bring in Brother Jack. Your thoughts on the Tlaib Crabtree situation? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. I mean, he kind of got to leave what he deserved. I mean, he did what he did last year on one of the make fun of Crabtree for it. Wasn't surprised that, you know, it got, that there was a confrontation. Surprised at how quickly it happened, but I guess it shouldn't be. And, um, I mean, yeah, he, he, like, what's Crabtree supposed to do? Just, just play through it? Like, no. Like you said, the league didn't take care of it. 
so someone has to, and he did it on his own terms. And I mean, he, he had to do it. And actually, the main thing I think it's, I think it sets a good example because you can look at that from one or two perspectives. You can say, oh, it, it you know caused a black guy in a league, or it's a for some ridiculous reason that someone wants to go with the race route. All of these two black guys, like that's that's ridiculous. I'm not sure why Stephen A. is going that route, but you can look at it very easily and say, well, this is what happens when, you know, this is what happens to a bully when a bully uh, thinks he can just pick on someone. You know, they get they get it back in their face. And to me, that's that is exactly what Crabtree did, and he did the right. I mean, he did what he had to do. I'm not gonna say it's a morally right thing, but it's definitely something I would have done. I mean, shit. Okay. JB? Yeah, I figured we start off with a conversation knowing I'm still crispy. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know what? No, you're not. Say what you are, brother. I, Say it with your chest. I am hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With, with that being said, I think that, um, one, I don't know why you, you tape a chain to your chest that, uh, it must be some, some really weak tape, but never mind that. The, to me, the chain is just more of a vehicle for the big picture, which is respect and which is also not getting punked a second time because I get, I, and I too, I heard a whole lot about if you want to be a real man and you should have shown more restraint. Well, he did that last year. Didn't feel too good. Now you're asking him to do it again. Arch rival and and man to man arch rival. Now I don't know too many folks that can get punked and then have it happen again. Same person, same situation, and still maintain their cool. You're asking a little bit too much from an individual, let alone two people that are competing at the highest professional level in their own sport. And if I was him, I would have gone off on him too. And, and, T, you know me to be one of the most reserved folks out there, and I still Amen. would have blown the gasket. I would have went eight crazy just because you tried me a second time after I turned the other cheek. And now you want to go at me, oh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm sorry, but, hey, I know I'm an integral part of the team. I know I'm needed. I know I'm a big target for Carr. But you know what? Sometimes you're asking just a little bit too much of an individual. And as far as the league goes, okay, yeah, you yanked the dude chain the first time. Okay, now you do it the second time. What are you trying to prove? That's my question to him. What is your purpose? Is it to say you're a bigger person here? Are you stronger? Are you better? doesn't make any difference when your team is in the gutter in the first place. Y'all ain't got a shot at the playoffs. So, hey, for your own personal vendetta, go ahead and knock yourself out. Start yanking on some chains like you yanking on a cord for, for the, track, uh, the, the train to come over the track. Knock yourself out if that's the case but know that there's going to be some consequences and repercussions when it happens. Because as they say, with every action, there is a reaction. And if you ain't prepared for the reaction, you never should have done the action in the first place. You know, I compare it to a, a little bit. Now, you know, I'm going to go basketball just for a moment because I saw something today that really intrigued me. Um, you know, the uh, David Fitzdale, the coach of the Grizzlies, was fired. Um, yep. I don't really follow. I don't really follow the Grizzlies like that. But but I know this guy was a was a Miami Heat assistant, and he's like a promising up and coming coach. So you know, yeah, I keep you know you know, keep one eye on the up and coming guys. And he was fired, 
and a lot of people are questioning his termination. And Steven Jackson, who I, I never understood why Steven Jackson um, was, you know, is at the point where he could be a commentator and an analyst for the NBA. I mean, here's a guy who's renowned for going up into the stands with Ron Artest years and years ago with the Indiana Pacers and um, talk about rehabilitation act. Now he's on Fox analyzing the NBA. I, I never understood it. That said, I got to admit, he gained my respect today because he called out Chandler Parsons, the $100 million man, and pretty much said, and, and I've got the quote here. Um, uh, here it is. You put Fitz in a bad spot, but you know Fitz is going to handle it like a G. We know what time it is. We see what's going on. You got players making $100 million, averaging nine points a game. And he pretty much was saying, um, you know, it's not, it's not um, the coach's fault. You know, this guy's overpaid. Why is he, why is he even still on the team? And um, Parsons fired back and said, it's wild to me that someone who has been in my shoes knows how hard it is to get here, knows how bad injuries suck to hate so hard. You mad? I can provide for my family. I don't love the game. I don't love the game because I had three knee surgeries. You make no sense and sound better. NBA is a brotherhood. Stop hating. That's what Parsons said back. So I saw, I saw Jackson respond to him, and what he said was, first of all, you're not my brother. <laughs> he said, that whole NBA is a brotherhood thing, that ain't, that, ain't, that ain't for me. He said, I can count the number of brothers from the NBA I have on two hands. It wasn't a brotherhood when I ran up into the stands to back up my boy Artest and everybody said I should be out of the league. It wasn't a brotherhood then. It's not a brotherhood now. He said, so He said so. I said what I said. I meant what I said. And you're not my brother, period. And I thought about it, and I was thinking about this situation and how all analysts looked in, like, the NBA, and it's a family, and this, that, and the other. You know what? It's really not. It's a bunch of dudes – doing a job and what loyalty do we have out there in the nfl what loyalty do we have i mean Derek mcfadden is retiring congratulations to mcfadden solid career i think i think um had you been healthy man you could have been out of this world man you know unfortunately injury slowed you you know party really your better years I, I really think dallas should have given you more run this year jay you and i talked about it um but that said i, I had hoped Maybe a team that needed some depth at running back, you know, would pick you up and give you a shot, you know, to get in the playoffs and make impact. You've decided to retire. Hey, man, good for you. Congratulations. But that just shows, man. Ain't no, dude, dude has been – and I'm talking about my own team here. Dude has been a, nothing but a loyal soldier. Sat on the bench all year. Didn't say a word. Nothing. Just waited patiently to get his time. And then the last since Zeke's been – um, suspended. He got one carry. Never even got a time to get a real good run in, and then gets and then, <coughs> and then gets released. Now it was mutual, from what I understand, but the reason is because they didn't see a role for him anymore. There's no, <coughs> excuse me, guys. There's no loyalty. So don't look for it. Don't expect it. Everybody got to take care of themselves. And going back to the main topic, I think the NFL really. Truly missed the boat on this one. 100%. 
You want to send a message, you send a message that this type of behavior, we will hold the instigator responsible. We will hold the person that broke the rule first responsible. And there are going to be times, just like in hockey, where we're going to say, you know what, that was justified. We cannot, you cannot, this, come on, man, this is a man's game. You can't expect, you can't have somebody in this situation and then ask them not to be a man. You can't do that. You want them to go out there and risk their lives on every play, but they're telling them they can't be a man when someone disrespects them. Nah, man. Nah. Nah, I'm not feeling that. And let's roll to another area of disrespect, from the crab tree to lead thing to now Eli Manning. Eli Manning will be benched Sunday. Eli Manning was asked if he wanted to start the game to keep his streak alive and then take the bench so that Geno Smith could play. Geno Smith. I, I, just, I, just, I want everybody who's a football fan to just think about this for a minute. Geno Smith. Eli is going to be put on the bench for Geno Smith. Okay? JB, your thoughts? Well, you know what? First off, uh, I will say um, the way Eli has handled it pretty much speaks to his career when, when dealing with the media. And the New York media, as we all know, is, is very unforgiving. So relentless. for him to show the kind of class, say what? They're relentless. It, yes, extremely. So for him to show the kind of restraint and, and class that he showed, I, I have to tip my cap to him. In terms of the person that's going to replace him, uh, <laughs> Geno Smith, yeah, okay. Um, great college career, that's about it. I would have rather have seen their uh, fifth-round rookie, uh, wasn't it, Webb, start Davis instead Webb. of yep. Geno Smith? Yeah, I'd rather see him start. At least then, that would say to me, yes, we know the season is lost, but we want to see what we're going to really be able to get out of this rookie. That would make more sense to me than anything else. But to come back and start Geno instead of the rookie, which we already know from his time with the Jets, we pretty much know what Geno is about. We don't know what Davis Webb is about. Start him instead. That would have been more of my direction on where I would go, and I think that would be an easier pill to swallow because it shows that the, the organization wants to take a look at what they drafted instead of going with really what's starting to equate to a journey. That's just my take on that. K-Star, what do you think? You've got a guy, you know, in, in, some, in some way, I think Ben is a better quarterback than Eli, but a similar career, both two-time Super Bowl champions. Um, you know, uh, you know I, think just, I think Ben's had better teams, and I think Ben's a quarterback, but you got a, you got a guy on your team that's won two Super Bowls, Ben the three, one, two. You know, what are your thoughts on how the Giants are treating Eli? I mean, it's... The Geno Smith fans don't really understand. I agree that the rookie would make more sense if they're trying to build for the future or at least look to evaluate talent for the rest of the year since the season clearly was lost. Um, outside of that, it's pretty disrespectful. I mean, to have Geno Smith start ahead of him is just ridiculous. <laughs> like you said, focus on that name, Geno Smith. He's been a colossal bust. He hasn't shown anything in the NFL. I don't see what they are. I just don't see the upside there. And, I mean, you know, Eli has done a lot for the organization. 
And if you're at least going to uh, bench him for the remainder of the season, do it with the rookie so you can evaluate the talent rather than just stick Geno out there and just continue to lose and uh, not even evaluate your talent effectively. Yeah, and, and, and you know, first of all, I agree with Geno. That's why I said just think about who they're putting in there. Geno Smith. Um, they might as well put in Geno Toretta. You know what I mean? Um, I, I mean, you know. You know, it, it, the guy's terrible. I mean, just terrible. Um, and I'm on the fence about whether I would even go with the rookie. I mean, first of all, the coach should be on his way out. You've got a guy. See, here's my problem. It's not like Eli doesn't have pedigree. It's not like we're not talking about a guy who, you know, has a couple of rings, who has pretty much all of the New York Giants uh, passing records. And, you know, we're talking about a guy who's New York Giant royalty, who, a guy who, you know, after he was drafted, for those of you who don't remember, refused to go to the Chargers and ended up going to the Giants and has spent his entire career there. This is how you treat him? I get it. You're, you're mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. Maybe at week 16, 17, you know, you bring, you bring in, you know, you back up to play the second half or something. I get it. But knowing what he's given to the organization, knowing that he's a competitor, knowing that he's got this streak, I'm sorry, it matters. It's 210 games. And you just, you know, and yes, you ask him, and you know what, I've never been an Eli Manning fan, but I gained so much respect for him when he said, and I'm paraphrasing, well, if you're just going to bench me, and I'm not starting to play to win the game, then there's no reason for me to start. I don't care right. about the streak. Go ahead and put in Geno Smith. Man, when I read that quote, yep. Eli gained so much of my respect right there. That, that right there is the, again, he doesn't have the talent of his brother Peyton. He doesn't have the talent of, you know, the four horsemen. But the heart, that is something I didn't expect. That is a heart that I I'm not a Giant fan, so I what do I care? And that to me is like wow, you know wow. He just said nah, I don't give a damn about the streak. I want to win. Yeah, I know we're eliminated. So what? I'm I'm playing to win games. You know how many teams guys finished the season? You know we've seen this from the Panthers a few years ago. Finished one season winning three, four, five games in a row and carried that momentum into the next season where they went 15-1. and one. Y'all remember that? I remember that. How many teams mm-hmm. do that and try to put something together late in the season, try to figure some, thing out, some things out, and say, you know what, this season's a bust, but wow, I think we got a formula here. We got a little nice little win streak. We done beat some teams. We done gone out there and said, oh, the Redskins are, or the Cowboys, one of them teams are going to, after this week, still be in playoff contention. Oh, we've got the opportunity to play them and destroy their playoff chances. Oh, the Eagles are, you know, and I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I'm making all this up. Oh, the Eagles are um, trying to get home field and we can go in there and give them a win. Oh, uh, the Panthers are trying to win the division. You know, they have a chance to go in there and be relevant and play spoiler and figure some things out. And you're saying, no, we're going to put Geno Smith in. You can sit over there and hold the clipboard. I, I just I don't get it, and and if I'm the general manager, I'm firing um, Ben McAdoo right now, right now. Like tomorrow morning, 
you would see on uh, NFL Network. You get the text messages on your phone. Uh, ben McAdoo has been fired, and then an hour later, yeah, um, Eli Manning, I, I've talked to Eli, and I've talked to Geno Smith, and I've apologized to Geno. Um, and while Geno will see some time, and so will Davis Webb, Eli Manning's our quarterback, and he will be starting the game, and he will be playing a significant part of this game. Maybe the entire game. We'll figure it out. But Eli's our quarterback. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> anyway, I've talked a lot. I'm just annoyed. I'm just annoyed. I'm just annoyed. You know what I need? You know, you guys know what I need. Oh. Shut the hell up. Wow. That was my, that was my cell phone. That was my cell phone talking to me. Um, hold on. You guys know what I need. Hold on. It's coming. Hang in there. Hang in there. It's coming. I need something that's going to calm me down. Here we go. Right here. I know y'all don't care, but that just makes me feel better. All right. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about Sean Taylor. Uh, K-Star, let me start with you. You know, it's been 10 years. Um, you know, your memories, and uh, now you're younger than us, so I'm assuming you remember Sean Taylor. I don't know, you know, I don't know what you was doing 10 years ago, but I'm assuming you remember him. Um, but your thoughts and memories about Sean Taylor's brief um, but certainly impactful NFL career. He was a really, really, really good player. Um, you know, watching him, he was just like a really super athletic Ed Reed, but without, of course, you know, the Ed Reed ball skills. But he still had spectacular ball skills and range. He was a phenomenal, probably the best athlete, pure athlete at the safety position we've seen. And he was a guy that could absolutely just destroy defend, or, uh, ball carriers or anyone with the ball. He was a huge hitter. Um, I think his most memorable hit, and it was in an exhi- exhibition game against a punter when he absolutely laid someone out in the Pro Bowl um, and pretty much took the guy's head off. You know, obviously that didn't mean a whole lot, but uh, just his raw power was just amazing. Um, you know, and don't get me wrong, I think he was he was really good, but when he was alive, I don't believe he was at – I didn't consider him to be the same level as, as Troy Polamalu and Ed Reed. I thought he was too raw, and he was still learning a lot because, again, he had such amazing raw ability, but unfortunately he never got to – channel that into being the best version of Sean Taylor that he could be. And he was robbed of that. And um, it's just unfortunate because he had so, so much potential at, the, at that safety position. Okay. JB. Boy, that Sean boy Taylor. gets kicked. 
and and that's the one thing I do recall also when he laid that puncher clean out. But when I saw that, some folks thought it was a dirty play. I thought it was, hey, you're playing football. You lace them up, you put the pads on, you put the helmet on, you're playing football. I don't care if it's for the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, Tecmo Bowl, or any kind of bowl, bowl of cereal, whatever. You're playing football. And he played from sideline to sideline until the numbers read quadruple zero up on the screen. And I can't get mad at him for playing like that. He played with a high level of intensity. He was a smart, smart football player, too. And in case though, you, I, I will agree with that, the last comment that you said. He was still learning to play the position at the NFL level, and he still had more to showcase. Even as, as great as he was as a safety, he still had a lot more to show the, the football world. And, and if you were to read the stories about him, and from what I remember, he, it wasn't the easiest of upbringing. So he was learning how to be, if, if I do also recall, I think he had a, a young son too at the time. Uh, he was a father, so he was learning how to be a father as well. And it's just unfortunate that his life was cut short because I think we would have seen a, a lot more from him, not just from the football player, but also from a personal level as well. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, having watched football um, for a very long time, um, and I think about some of the great safeties that I've watched play the Woodsons, um, you know, certainly Palomalu, um, you know, Ed Reed, um, you know, I got to tell you that this guy, I believe, would have been better than all of them had his career continued and progressed. He just had, you know, freakish ability. He had speed, he had size, he had strength, he had football smarts. I hated playing him. I absolutely hated it. I mean, we had to play him twice a year. I couldn't stand it. He, and I was like, why couldn't we get him? You know, it's one of those players you look at and you say, what the hell was y'all thinking? <laughs> why is he on the Redskins and not on the Cowboys? You know, particularly since, you know, ever since Darren Woodson left, the Cowboys have not really had that kind of safety. Darren Woodson was, was pretty damn good. And ever since he left, to this day, they haven't had that type of talent. Now, those guys don't come around, come around often. I, I get that. But this dude, I mean, if you watch any of the coverage, and of course, you know, if you watch anything about something in retrospect, you could make you can do a video about me and my football career, which was, you know, about a year, 40 years ago, and make me look like I could have been a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? You, know, you can make it look anybody look good, except in this case, it really was all true. And when I remember when I was just getting into Madden, when this happened, I was just getting into the Madden community, just starting my leagues up, and oh, God. I, I was, I, yeah, I, I was just getting into it back in um, – it was in my second year. I think I got into Madden uh, 05, 06. So I think, you know, that's when I got into it. And then, you know, the league started to pick up steam and started to meet some of the tournament guys. And, 
you know, met, uh, you know, uh, the Madden Lab and all them, you know, all the, all the, 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 the tips websites. And, you know, I was starting to get, you know, Commissioner T's name was starting to float around. I was starting to get a little traction. And I remember the Redskins fans, I remember having, you know, teenagers in my Madden League all upset over the, the Sean Taylor thing when he was hurt, but he was alive when he was shot. And I remember thinking, yeah, he'll pull through this, because in my mind, he was indestructible. So, yeah, he was shot in the leg. Okay. I mean, you know, he wasn't shot in the chest. The leg. Uh, he'll be back. You know, probably, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll fix him up. He'll miss the rest of the year, rehab, and next year he'll be back. And, and I remember that when they said he died, I had to, I had to like, oh, come on, that's not true. And it, and it was. He, he died, and apparently the shot hit his femoral artery perfectly. Like if it had even been an eighth of an inch in any direction, he would have lived. But it hit the artery, and that's one of the major arteries in the body, and they never, ever really got the bleeding under control, like ever. And eventually he, you know, unfortunately he passed away. Um, but I remember thinking that this guy is Superman. <laughs> I watched him play. He's indestructible. He ain't going to die over some little gunshot wound in the leg. You know, Plastico Burr shot himself in the leg and came back. This guy will be fine, you know. Um, and, and, and he died. So, you know, I, I, and it's sad. And we'll never know what he could have been. But in my opinion, he was on his way. And he, he, what, you know, by now his career would have maybe been over or almost over. Um, but man, we, we, everyone was gypped out of just a phenom, a phenom of an athlete. And, um, <clears throat> you know, who knows, maybe he would have ended up on the Cowboys. <laughs> you know, maybe we would have had him at some point. So, you know, RIP Sean Taylor, uh, appreciate the four years you did give us and the intensity and even in that time, you set that bar fairly high, and you weren't even at your peak. So um, 10 years, you know, rest in peace, and, uh, you know, see you on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, moving right along. Uncle Billy used to say, hey, we're moving right along. Um, <laughs> so... K-Star, I'm going to go to you on this one. So, you know, the Steelers, 9-2. and two. Patriots, 9-2. and two. Steelers currently, I believe, sitting the number one seed. Um, there's a lot of people saying that it's pretty inevitable that, and I know you guys play in a couple of weeks, two to three weeks. I know you guys play. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot of people that think that this, that's going to be a preview of the AFC championship game and that this game coming up will determine which field the AFC championship game is played in. So my question to UK starts kind of rhetorical, but when you look at the AFC, I mean, you know, could we just cancel the rest of the season for the AFC and just go ahead and schedule, you know, schedule the game somewhere and just say, we already know that this is it. I mean, is this a foregone conclusion that the Steelers and the Patriots are going to meet in the AFC championship game? You know, it seems like an, an inevitable the car crash between the two. Um, throughout the last 14 to 15 years, only 
the Patriots and Steelers have won multiple championships from the AFC. And the only other team to represent more than once between uh, from the AFC outside of Pittsburgh and outside of New England was the Colts. And we all know that was Mr. Peyton Manning. So, I mean, they have a long era of top-notch performance within the AFC and dominance within the AFC. And you have to look at the rest of the landscape. And really, you know, there's, there's Jacksonville. Um, we saw what Pittsburgh did to Tennessee, who's currently leading the AFC South. Uh, it looks like the Chiefs are imploding in front of our very eyes. Maybe the Chargers are up and coming, but the Chargers often shoot themselves in the in their foot uh, many times over and over again. So it certainly seems like that it, it, it's inevitable. The talent level between the two teams are really high, and I don't see why it wouldn't happen bar an injury. Um, but again, I mean that's why they play the games. Hopefully, there's no injuries between now and then between both teams. And I don't have faith that Jacksonville is going to be reliable or consistent at the quarterback position, which really eliminates them from having that opportunity, I think, to really uh, thwart that possibility from happening. Okay. JB, what do you think? Is there a team in the AFC that could derail these two teams, or is this a foregone conclusion? You know what, uh, it seems like it would be a foregone conclusion, but I don't think so. Uh, they're, they're playing the best football in their respective conference, granted. But K-Star did mention the Jaguars. I'm not going to get on the bandwagon like I was before just to be derailed. But that would be one team that I would look at it, it can be dangerous because we know that offense wins games, but defense wins championships. And Jacksonville has a stout defense. They can neutralize any of the other 31 teams out there. So I wouldn't completely count them out of the mix. And, and in case I also mentioned the Chargers, they're playing good football now. There's a team that we've always seen in the past that will get a slow start, get the ball rolling, and just miss getting into the playoffs. Or they may get off to a great start and then falter down the, the, towards the end of the season. Looks like this is the, the team that's actually gaining some steam and momentum as they get further into the season. So, I would look out for those two teams specifically. Um, that could derail the, the, the Steeler and the Patriot inevitability that, that everybody seems to think is, is going to take place. So I'm not so fast. I, there's a chance that either one of those teams could get knocked off the perch. I mean, that's, that, that old saying with, with, uh, with Coach Herm, and I know with, with you uh, where I'm going with this, T, this is why we play the game. Yeah, um, and and I think that's the other thing to consider. And I think, listen, um, you know, Jacksonville is playing well, but you know, it's it, it you know we're talking about two tested teams versus an up and coming team. So I'm not thinking Jacksonville is a threat just yet. Maybe, but not yet. Um, I I am not even gonna give San Diego any kind of credit because we've, we've seen this movie before and it always ends the same way. So until they, till they do something and some could say that about Dallas and I'd say, Oh, I'd be okay with that. You know, I'd be okay with that. You know, um, they tease you and they don't come through. Okay. I'll give you that about Dallas. And I can say that about San Diego with Phillip rivers. Um, I think y'all both missed a team that I would be worried about. 
if I was um, New England or Pittsburgh, and that's the Ravens. Now, I'm not a Flacco fan. Y'all know that. But I am a T-Sizzle fan. I am a Suggs fan. I am a fan of that defense. And I believe, Jay, you said it, man. You know, they say defense wins championships. And, you know, we've seen the Ravens go win a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer and a stout defense, with Joe Flacco and a stout defense. We've seen the Giants do it with Eli, who's never really lit it up in the Super Bowls, but with a stout defense. We've seen Tampa do it um, with a stout defense. So um, we've seen teams with stout defenses go in and with with a adequate quarterback be be dangerous. And you know the Ravens ain't scared of New England or Pittsburgh. Certainly not scared of Pittsburgh. Y'all play each other twice a year and y'all battle like crazy. And we know they ain't scared of New England. And you know, they play up they play, you know, you talk about Pittsburgh plays in Pennsylvania and, and New England plays in New England. Well, you know, Baltimore plays in Maryland. It ain't like it's balmy down there. So they, they, they know how to play in this weather. So for me, I got my eye on Baltimore right now. That defense with T-Sizzle, you know, doing his Ray Lewis imitation, keep an eye on them. Now, that said, yes, I would say if, if you know, if I had to, you know, put money on it, of course I'd go with the Steelers and, and the Patriots. But, you know, you can't, you can't, you, you know, there's still, uh, you know, they're both nine and two. So there's still five games to be played. Injuries happen, you know, suspensions, you know, you, you shove a ref and the next thing you know, you're out for a game and yeah, anything can happen. So I think the people that are ready to coronate it and be done with it need to take a deep breath. And, um, you know, let's just, let's just see what happens. I, I think it's intriguing that in the NFC, um, all the division leaders, didn't make the playoffs last year, and all the division leaders from last year currently wouldn't make the playoffs this year if the season ended right now. It's really amazing how it's just been a 180-degree turn. Absolutely amazing. Um, okay. Yeah, I, you know, T, I thought about the Ravens. Um, I just – I don't know, man. When I, when I watched Flacco play, and, and I think they had they may have had some type of statistic up during the game last night, and thank God I got in just in time to at least catch a little bit of it. If he were to be the type of quarterback that he was a couple of years ago when he would throw the ball down the field, then I'd, I'd have my eyebrow up because now at least he's stretching the defense. But the more I watch him and the more of the highlights I see, I keep seeing three, four, five-yard passes and not the – 10, 15, 20-yard passes that we've seen before. And that's what makes me question the, the Ravens. We know about that defense. It's just can he take the top of off of the opposing team's defense to be successful? Yeah, and, 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 and that's a valid point. But, again, you know, we've seen other teams that had questionable quarterbacking and still with stout defenses be, be productive. You know, where it gets to where you keep the game in the teens and you keep it manageable and you get a touchdown and a few field goals and you're into the fourth quarter and it's, you know, 17-13 or something. And uh, you get a couple of stops. Next thing you know, you know, you can kick a field goal and win the game or you can get a late touchdown and pull out a victory. Um, you know, we, we've seen that. We've seen that movie before. And I, and I just think because 
unlike Jacksonville, who has no playoff history, unlike um, San Diego, who has no playoff success, um, we're talking about a Ravens team with a coach that's been there. And, and as much as I don't like Flacco, I will at least say he's been there. I'll at least give him that. I, I ain't a fan at all. I would not put him in Ben or Tom's, you know, conversation even for a second. But, you know, when you look at him versus Phillip Rivers, who just seems to fold down the stretch, um, puts up great numbers, you know, but folds down the stretch. When you look at Jacksonville, who's just, you know, they got I'm sorry, you got you got to earn it. You're going to need some time in my book. You know, Jay, you called you called for Jacksonville a few years ago and we ridiculed you. And we were right because at the time they didn't get there. But, you know, now three years, four years later, um, you know, they've shown themselves to be competitive. But for me, until you get there and show that you could win, it's a, it's different when it's one and done. It's different. You know, it's different when you're in the postseason and you're playing teams like Pittsburgh and New England who seemingly are there every year. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. You know? I, I mean, think about that for a minute. You know, these guys are these guys are seasoned. We already know what Belichick does. So it's different. These guys know how to turn it up in the playoffs. These other teams don't know that just yet. So that's why I, I throw Baltimore out there and say, hey, these guys have been there. Some of them have been there. They got people on that team. They got people in that locker room that's been there. And you can't, you can't dismiss that. So, anyway, that's where I'm at. What you think about? What you think about speaking of the Ravens? There have been I heard there was some grumblings about Harbaugh being on the hot seat. What you think about that? Nah, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, me too. I, I, I mean it could be, but I think it's ridiculous. I think it's as ridiculous as yeah, Jason Garrett being on a hot that's seat. That's crazy. Not a Ravens fan, obviously, whatsoever. But that talk is absolutely ridiculous. Like I got yeah. the best coaches in the NFL. You know, I, I you know what I understand is, what do you think? You can just go get Super Bowl winning head coaches. Um, you know, just uh, you know, they're just floating around out there, ready to ready to play. I mean, look at Bill Cowher, and how many times he's been approached, and he ain't left CBS. John Gruden hasn't left ESPN. Guys that have won Super Bowls. You know, Bill Parcells is retired and he's done. You know, I don't know how many other. Um, you know, Super Bowl winning head coaches are out there that, that people can approach, but they don't grow on trees, you know? So you, you got a guy that, that's, uh, you know, won a Super Bowl and, um, you know, and has a Baltimore team that seemingly, if you take Baltimore out of that division, they're the Pittsburgh of another division. Unfortunately, Pittsburgh's already there, and Pittsburgh has kind of had the upper hand over Baltimore. But if you took them out of that division and put them somewhere else, they become the Pittsburgh of that division. And that's the bottom line. I think, I think, I think a hot seat is ridiculous. Um, and I think a hot seat for Jason Garrett is ridiculous to transition over to my Cowboys. I think, I think hot seat people I, – I, I, you know, Jay, and I'm I really curious your thoughts on this, but I'm disgusted on many levels. But I start with the media and the fans. I I I I am I do not particularly agree with Stephen A. Smith often, and he talks about the fan base of the Dallas Cowboys, and God damn it, he's right. Now everybody wants to fire Jason Garrett. 
They want to bring Tony Romo and bench Dak Prescott. They want to bring Tony Romo and make him the next head coach. Now, all of a sudden, so you don't sent Tony out to pasture. Last year, when everybody was Dak, 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 I was the guy, if y'all remember, who said, I stick with Tony. That was me. I was the guy who said, I get it. And it wasn't until Dak got to about 10 games, and I said, all right, guys, I guess you can't make the switch now. I was late to that party because I know what Tony Romo can do. I know the experience, and I said to everybody, that experience is invaluable, and what he's learned is invaluable. And, yes, Dak is playing remarkable for a rookie. Man, for my money, I'm going with the experience. I'm going with Romo. And I said, when Romo was healthy, I would put him back on the field. And everybody, including you guys on the show, you can't do that, T. You got to go with the hot hand, Dak, Dak, Dak. Now, all of a sudden, Dak is in a three-game slump. The team hasn't scored 10 points three games in a row for the first time in its career. 57 years. 0-14 in 1960. 1-15 in 1989. And this never happened. First time in 57 years the Dallas Cowboys have gone three straight games and not scored 10 points. So that's monumental. But now everybody want to bench Dak. Now Dak's a bust. Oh, there's no Zeke. Dak's a bust. Guy was offensive player of the year a year ago. Everybody wants to fire Jason Garrett. He was coach of the year a year ago. Now you want to kick him to the curb. Three weeks ago, the Cowboys are on their way. They're the team that could beat the Eagles. Look out. Five and three. Winners are three in a row. Beat the Chiefs. Uh-oh, here come the Cowboys. Three weeks later, let's just abandon ship and let's just, let's just, you know, bench Dak, put in Cooper Smith, bench Dak, let's get Tony Romo back, fire Garrett, let's see if Romo wants to be head coach. Cowboy fans, you disgust me. Absolutely, 100% disgust me. <laughs> JB, your thoughts on the condition of the Dallas Cowboys? Well, everything you said, um, plus one wit. You, we, we always talk about you can't get high, too high on the highs. You can't get too low on the lows. You have to find some happy medium in between. And as far as I'm concerned, you, you, you go back to your basics. You try and figure out what needs to be fixed. And it's probably a ton of different things. And, and obviously everybody knows, well, obviously you got to score more points. Okay, but how? What are we not doing that we were doing before when we were scoring points? Minus Zeke, obviously, because he's not going to be back for another three games. So you need to either change some of the, the play calling, the script uh, that you run, be more aggressive with some of these play calls, make some changes with the defense as far as uh, maybe make it more attacking than, than they have in the past to try and generate some more turnovers, to shorten up the field, to help the offense out a little bit more. You got to figure out something to jumpstart the team. Obviously, all this talk about firing this person and bringing that person, nah, it ain't happening. Just ain't happening. You take a look and you deal with what you got, but you have to make some adjustments. That's the one thing that I will say, and team, we not talked about this before. You go into halftime, you make adjustments, and we haven't seen those adjustments made these these past few games. So they need to start working on getting these adjustments happening at a much quicker pace than to just being hard-headed with their approach. They start doing that, maybe they'll see some differences. But you can't keep doing the same thing over and over, expect a different result. That's how. That's the definition of insanity. 
Don't make me insane too just thinking about it. But that's that's something that they got to do. Okay. You know, K-Star, you're off your game tonight, man. You have not said one thing to piss me off just yet. You know what I'm saying? Usually I can count on something from you to piss me off. You haven't said anything yet to piss me off. We're talking about the Cowboys. You've got an opportunity to piss me off if you want. you got the floor. <laughs> just saying. Oh, man. Well, guys, I made a list. And relates to the Cowboys a little bit. They're they're features on this list, right? I call this list five things I got right. I'm glad you brought this this up, T. You 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 are delivering me this on a silver platter for me to just absolutely knock out the park. So let's let's start this off. A few weeks ago, you know, I, combating the Cowboy homerism on this on the show, as I often have to do, uh, the discussion was about the Eagles versus the Cowboys. You know, and who has a great chance to win the division and why one will prevail versus another. And the name Sean Lee was brought up, to which I tried to caution you guys. I tried to warn you guys that this guy isn't reliable from a health standpoint. While he's such a terrific talent, the one thing you guys should know better than even me is that he's not reliable because he's likely, or at this point, he's likely to get injured. One week later, he gets injured. And I see Philip Rivers throwing for 430 some odd yards. I see uh, Atlanta running up and down the field on you guys' defense, and I don't see a defense that can get pressure on the quarterback or really stop the, the opposing offense whatsoever. So I was one. So wait a minute. Can, can I respond? Can I respond to each one instead of you going through all five? Can I just respond to each one as we yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So you want credit? You want credit because coincidentally. The week that you mentioned Sean Lee getting injured, he got injured, and you want to take credit for that. You want some. You want. You want to feel like you called it that he could get injured. You. You want some sort of pat on the back for that because you just have. He played 15 games last season, okay. But you all of a sudden want someone to say to you that you were right because you, because of the coincidence that as we were talking about Sean Lee's importance to the defense which none of us doubted. So I don't really, you know, you know, we all agreed how important he is to the defense. But you want a pat on the back because then he went, and you saw the play. It was a freak, you know, happened, very freak kind of, kind of, kind of made you think of um, the Miami quarterback who, who, you know, blew out his, was it near his Achilles, uh, non-contact. Yeah. I mean, it was a freak thing that happened, okay? But you want credit for that. You know, absolutely, because what I, I didn't project injury, but what I did say is we need to be careful because he's a guy who's been off injured, and if, if that's who the defense is basically relying upon, then that could be a very big risk for the Cowboys the rest of the year. So, yeah. But, 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 but okay, so Ben gets hurt next week. I mean, any player, and Ben's, you know, Ben's missed games before, so any player can get hurt. It's a it's a, it's 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 yes. And Sean Lee has been known to get hurt more than the average player. I'm not doubting that, but no one disputed his importance to the defense. What we were saying was based on the structure of that team at that time, did Dallas have a chance to beat Philly? And the answer to that question was yes. And you know, so you looked in your crystal ball and saw and said, well, what happens if if Lee gets injured. Well, okay, but you had no control over that. It was a coincidence that 
a week later, he did get injured. It, that's, a, that's a coincidence. Don't get credit because okay, it we, was a we coincidence. Call it a coincidence is fine, but my whole basic argument was, crossover. hey, there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of risk when, you have to, when your defense holds on to crutches of Sean Lee because he's a guy that's often on crutches. That's all I was saying. Now, we can call it coincidence. That's fine. Um, but when we're talking Eagles first Cowboys, to me that was a big deal because, you know, the Eagles were getting healthier with, with the acquisition of Ronald Darby whereas the Cowboys were at their peak. And, again, we saw what happened uh, against Denver, I believe, once uh, Sean Lee was out for a bit. Yeah, but let me also remind you that when the Cowboys played the Eagles, while Sean Lee wasn't there, Zeke wasn't there, Tyron Smith wasn't there, uh, David, um, Dan Bailey wasn't there. We're talking four pro bowlers missing off of that team. So while Sean Lee was significant, there were three other guys. And when you don't have your all-pro, most accurate kicker in the NFL, in NFL history out there, don't underestimate how that down in distance, when you start to get closer and have to make decisions on whether you go for it, go for the field goal, don't think that that doesn't have a significant impact on the game. We already saw what Tyron Smith not being there does. And then, of course, Zeke being suspended. So, you know, you can, you can say Sean Lee – but there were three other significant players that weren't on that team. And we didn't – I mean, the Zeke thing, okay, we knew that was possible. We knew that was possible. Didn't see Tyron Smith not playing. Didn't see David Bailey, Dan Bailey not playing. So now you take four key contributors, and then you go up against the best team in the NFC, maybe the best team in the NFL, maybe. That's debatable, but – Record-wise, they are on the field. I don't know. Steelers looking pretty good. Patriots looking pretty good. You know, Rams and, you know, Vikings and, you know, there's some teams looking pretty good. But they're up there. They're in the top five power rankings without a doubt. And so, you know, I, I mean, I, I guess what my, my point is you want a lot of credit. But when you look at the entire scenario, it was fairly predictable that Dallas was going to have a tough time, a very tough time. And even with that, the first half, they went into the with a nine seven lead. Even with that. Continue. You there? Did I did I did I did I annihilate you so bad that you just said I'm out I can't I can't Oh no, I was I talking, can't. I was talking on mute. Let me get back to the uh, uh, annihilation. So I'm glad you brought up Zeke. Because Zeke is the crux of the next argument and, and or a point. That I got that I have been right on for the last two years, almost two years, and that Zeke Elliott is the the straw that stirs a drink in Dallas. Zeke Elliott, you underestimated Zeke Elliott. You underestimated Zeke Elliott's importance to Dallas because the whole idea with Zeke being out, the potential of him being out, was that it's okay. You know, the running game won't while it won't be as good. Dak will still be able to move the, move the chains. He's been so efficient. Um, but as it turned out that, you know, Zeke is absolutely the key to to shrink or to uh, widening those passing lanes to make them so easy for, for Dak, for that play-action bootleg to be as effective as they've been. And to get that safety out the box or to get that, bring that safety to the box so Dak has those easier throws. And without him, um, Dak looks Quincy Carter-esque, uh, to say the least. Uh, and man, come well, on, that certainly, don't don't don't, yeah, don't, no. don't don't go there. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's just, right, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I was, I'm just throwing shade. That's a joke. 
But he's looked really bad. I mean, let's just be honest. He's he's looked very ineffective. I mean, he's been very ineffective. He doesn't. It's not even just a look. I mean, production wise, it's just uh, nosedive. Like we've never seen from from him. Um, and, and so I, you know, Zeke Elliott. What do you guys need have to say about Zeke Elliott? Are, are we going to apologize well, and call well, Zeke that, the, that, the MVP? That, 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 no, no. I'm I'm going to say that certainly. Um, that's a more valid point from an outsider looking in. And I hear it on the an analysis all the time with Zeke not there. There's no fear to running game. And yep, I, I hear people saying it all the time. Now, let me tell you the truth. While there is some truth, because Zeke is a once in a generation running back. And, you know, Zeke is, um, uh, you know, while I have said Zeke and Le'Veon are the two best backs, I think over the next couple of years, Zeke is going to be better than Le'Veon. It's just, you know, just give Zeke a little bit of time. I think he's going to be the class of the running backs, um, assuming he stays healthy and, you know, no more suspension or anything. But right now I put him and Le'Veon in the same category. Here's what's missing, and here's where I disagree with you. While Zeke being out has impact, it's not Zeke. It's not all Zeke. The other side of it is Des Bryant has been a massive disappointment. And even in Pittsburgh, and you should be able to relate to this, you guys have the best – I'm sorry. I heard someone in, on NFL Network say that um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins was the best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, I hear uh, Julio Jones. Great, great talent. But it is without a doubt your boy, Antonio Brown, um, with, 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 without a doubt. Okay. Now, you've got a guy that has great chemistry with Ben – can run a route, got great hands, toe taps, goes up, does everything at 5'10", 190. Superstar, setting records. Le'Veon's been suspended. Le'Veon's missed games. Y'all still got that deep threat. Y'all still got that guy that could take the top off. Y'all still got that guy that Ben's got great chemistry with, that still you can't crowd the line with. Antonio out there, number 84. You can't just say, you know what, man him up one-on-one, -on -one and we're going to crowd the line, and, and they don't have Le'Veon Bell because he's suspended or injured, and we're going to shut these guys down. Because Ben goes and picks you apart with Brown. Picks you apart. Well, who does Dallas have that's even close to that level? Nobody. I'm sorry, Dez is a disappointment this year. Complete and utter Failure. If Dez was the Dez from 2014, this team would have won two out of the last three games. I don't know if they would have had enough to beat the Eagles, but they would have beat the Chargers, and they would have beat – I can't remember who the other team was, but they would have won two out of the last three. But Dez doesn't – thank you, Atlanta. Dez doesn't scare anybody. Dez doesn't do what Dez did three years ago. I don't know if it's lack of chemistry with Dak. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't. But he doesn't do what he did with Romo. And because that deep threat isn't there, all they do is say, hey, we're going to double Beasley. We're going to put our biggest physical corner on Dez. We're going to double Witten. And, we're gonna, and, and we don't even respect the run because Zeke ain't there. And Dallas is sitting there saying, damn, we got no answers. So until Dallas finds somebody that's going to go down there, maybe you got to throw it to Bryce Butler more. Boy's shown some stuff, but he don't get a lot of targets. I don't know 
You know, maybe you got to go to NFL Network and tell Michael Irvin to take back his 88 and get him out there. But there's nobody that scares the defense. And Dez used to be that guy. Dez was the guy that you had to double. Not no more. So the Zeke point, there is some validity, but the counter to that is to have that superstar wide receiver that either commands a double team so you can't crowd the box, or if they single, if they, if they only put one corner on them, makes you pay every time, just like your guy does in Pittsburgh, makes them pay. Even when they double him, he still makes them pay. He's that damn good. Makes me sick. I hate giving him so much credit, but my football <laughs> integrity, I, I can't. I, I hate it. I do. I hate it. I, I, watched, I watched the game against Green Bay. I watched it, and I'm like, this, this, please, somebody, break his leg or something. No, I'm just kidding, but damn, he's good. Your next so point. you think that it's more to do with Dez? It's more to do with Dez? And, Jay, do you agree with that, Dez, than, than Dak? You think it's a, just a Dez not being able to beat coverage in this type of situation? Well, I still go back to thinking there's something off with, with the chemistry between between uh, Dak and Dez. When you talk about the chemistry that he had with Romo, it, it seemed like it was just – they just clicked. You, you look at him, you do a little nod, and you know it's a fade route to the corner. It's just They just don't have that yet. And if they did have that, I think we would have a different situation. So that, that that's where I'm coming from. With I just think it, his production – has a lot to do with the chemistry or lack, lack of production, I should say. And, and I think also, as you get older, you you realize that your skills aren't what they were, especially when you don't have the, the foundation. And what I mean by that in his case is he was never known to be a great route runner. And when we talk about the Antonio Browns of the world, you don't have to be the most physical, physically gifted individual, but if you can run routes, that's what makes the difference. And he's never been an exceptional route runner. So he never can get the proper separation. And like I said before in prior uh, discussion that we've had on, on this topic, Dez is not going to throw it in tight windows. I mean, uh, Dak doesn't throw it in tight windows as, as, as often as other quarterbacks do. He's starting to do that a little bit more, but he's also getting picked off a little bit more. That window wouldn't Trust be him. so tight if Dez would run better routes. Yeah, but at the yeah, same time, that, he, needs to, he needs to probably hit some of those stick throws because he's been privileged in a large degree by the beneficiary and have been a large beneficiary of a run game that's made those throws much easier than they are for, for other quarterbacks. I mean, he has to still, you know, give Dez, who we all know is a bigger receiver, a chance to win at, you know, the highest point. I mean, he's got to give him a chance, too. I believe last week, Dez only had one target in the first half. I mean, it, that's – I don't know if that's just all Dez. Like, I mean, you're right. It has to do with their chemistry or lack thereof. But my God, Listen, I mean, Dez has had a chance. Okay, but Dez has had uh, something like 97 targets and 50 catches. Your boy in a game will have 14 targets and 12 catches. Dez will have 12 targets and six <laughs> catches. That's why. That's the difference. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Dez has got to make take better. Dez has to beat these guys. I believe Dez can do it now. I believe he still has the ability to do it. He just hasn't. And I believe if Dez starts making plays other than slants, seems like the only thing he can catch is slants or back shoulder fades. But if Dez does, can start doing double moves, and like Jay said, Jay was right on point, run better routes, and him and Dak can get some chemistry, oh, they can, they can win these next – you know, they got it. In my opinion, you got to win these next two. Playoffs start now in Dallas. got to win these next three games. You lose. Whoever loses uh, – when uh, Thursday night is done. 
between Dallas and Washington. Well, Whoever loses is done. What I don't understand though is Dez is twenty nine. He's I mean AB is twenty nine. Like it's not like he's old. No, he's and, not. And and we saw that you know what Dez looked like a much better player with Romo than he does with Dak. Now I'm not saying it's completely Dak's fault, but I mean I, I just don't. It, it's hard for me to believe that Dez somehow physically has eroded that much in like three years. He's twenty nine. He's not old. Wow. And that's why I don't understand. Like it would make sense if he was an older player, but he's not. And we've seen them be successful with Romo, uh, largely successful with Romo. And that's where I, that I, I shows think that something has more to do with that. That just shows my point from last year, how good Romo really was, how well he knew the offense, how well he knew these guys have played together, just like Ben and Antonio have played together. And, and you know, you can't, you can't substitute five years for a year and a half. It's not the same. And all the off seasons, and th- th- there's, a, there's a bond and a chemistry that you get. And Romo, to me, has always been – Dak at some point might be a better quarterback than Romo. He might. But Romo is a, was a better quarterback. And this yeah. shows my point of sticking with Romo because I believe if they had said, Dak, you had a great year, uh, you had a great – you were playing well – and we appreciate you, and man, clearly, at some point, this is going to be your team, but right now, Tony, you know, he's our, he's our guy, and we're going back to Tony, and, um, you know, just be ready, because <laughs> unfortunately, we know Tony gets injured, so be ready, but we're going back to Tony. I believe if that happens, Cowboys go to Super Bowl last year. I'm not going to say they would have won, but I believe the Cowboys would have gone to the Super Bowl last year. I believe if that happens, and Tony stays healthy, the Cowboys are doing much better this year than what we see because Romo has the experience. He knows the offense better, and he has that chemistry with Dez that Dak doesn't have just yet. He really hasn't developed it just yet. And so um, while, while Zeke is a freak, and Zeke is important because he's just a generational player, um, I think if you had a Dez, just like you have in Pittsburgh, that was playing at that level, it could compensate. And you can get through, you know, games like, games like uh, Washington and, 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 you know, San Diego and these teams that are right at 500. Hey, you can beat these teams if Dez is playing to the level that Dez used to play at. But without a, a passing threat and now – so you got no passing threat and then your superstar running back is out, man, good luck. <laughs> Good luck. The, the one thing I will say that I don't know if we've touched upon just yet, I mean, Dak, I think, is going to continue to grow and blossom in the quarterback position. But for me, there's always been one glaring difference, and, and this is no knock on Dak. This is something I believe he will learn. But this is something that I think Romo was able to do on a pretty consistent basis, and I think a lot of it had to do with experience. He was able to throw a receiver open. And we've seen Roethlisberger do that. We've seen Manning do that. We've seen Aaron Rodgers do that. And I think as part of the progression that Dak hopefully will experience, and he seems to be on that track even though he's struggling lately, when he's able to throw a receiver open, that's when we'll start to see those, those windows that I was talking about shrink, and he'll be able to get the ball to the receiver without having to uh, worry about t- taking a risk. And I think that's, that's an, an ideal capability of a quarterback to be able to do something like that. And I think once Dak has been able to get that under his under his grasp and under control, I think we'll see his numbers uh, grow expeditiously. 
Until then, it's going to be difficult. But I think that's the one key piece that he's still not able to do just yet. Well, I'll say this, and then we'll let K-Star continue with his list. But um, that takes experience and takes time. I think in the meantime, I think, you know, Dak has to – you've got to become the best running back on the team. You know, you've got to be Cam Newton now. You, you've got to be, you know, uh, Michael Vick. You've got to be, uh, you know, this sitting in the pocket stuff, you know, I mean, you've got to be much more open. If, you know, if you're trying to win games. And really at this point, the goal should be, well, obviously you take one game at a time, so the goal is to win Thursday. But ultimately, if you want any chance this year to get in the playoffs, you guys got to win the next three games, get to eight and six. And um and then and then you got Seattle which is beatable you know the LOB ain't the LOB no more so they're beatable and then you end off the season with Philly who by that time may have nothing left to play for so that becomes a winnable game and frankly if you're at full strength and they do have something to play for it's still a winnable game because at full strength I think Dallas can play with anybody but you get Zeke back for the last two games and I think um, Dak has got I mean we saw that play now Tyron Smith got called for holding. But we saw that play where he, including me, psyched out everybody and ran for 34 yards untouched for a um, uh, touchdown. touchdown. Got to be more of that. You've got to be more, you know, design scrambles. And, you know, you've got to become the, – there's no Zeke. Alfred Morris is serviceable. He'll get you some yards. He'll get you – you know, he's going to get his run in. He's going to get you some stuff. But, man, that mobile quarterback, man, for the next three games, if I'm Linehan, yo – I'm building in 10, 12 plays of Dak running that ball one way or another, whether it's read option, whether it's a design scramble, you know, whatever it is, I'm building in 10, 12. Dak is going to get 10, 12 carries. And I guarantee you that will provide some room for you to be able to manage your offense. But as long as Dak is trying to sit back there and play Tom Brady, dude, you, you know, you, you mobile, bro. You got to – you got to – all bets are off, man. You got to do whatever it takes. I ain't trying to see you back again sacked every other play. Run, brother. Run, Forrest, run. All right, K-Star, what's your next one? Uh, the next one, we need an apology for coming from UT because Jay actually agreed with me back a couple weeks ago. Uh, Russell Wilson needs an apology from you because – we made our list of who we feel like the best young quarterback in the league. Uh, I, I said Russell Wilson, as his brother Jay. I believe you had your Cowboys hat on and said Dak. And, um, yeah, you were talking about a guy that doesn't have a running game or really much of a receiving threat. Uh, Russell Wilson is, is balling right now and is the only thing the Seattle Seahawks have, period. And he needs an apology, T. How dare you say Dak greater than Russell Wilson? How, how dare you? So we're going, to, we're going to just take three weeks instead of the whole season because, because you, you're doing what these guys on the TV do. The whole do season he's and, and, Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. I think, I think Dak still has a higher QBR than Russell Wilson, even with the last three weeks being completely putrid, number one. Number two, Dak's in his second year. Uh, how many years is Russell, Russell Wilson? Was he in his fifth year, sixth year? So why are we even comparing the two? That, you should have factored that into what? your analysis before, boy. No, you you said you said young quarterbacks. Russell Wilson's a veteran at this point. So, you want to compare Russell Wilson to other veterans and let's do it. But young to nah. me, first second year, I I still even I I'd still of every first or second year quarterback in the NFL right now, 
including Carson Wentz, I would still go with Dak. And I still think that if you look at all the numbers for the first 25, 26 games, Dak has the best numbers of all these guys. Yes, the last three weeks. You know, you, you, yeah. okay, so you, you're, yeah, doing, you're doing you're, – you're doing – he's still playing. You're doing yeah, – and, and what's a generational and, talent and, running back. And, and, and now he's without him. And Goff doesn't have Gurley? I mean, come on, man. Goff you know, the conversation. Because he's in his second year. We're talking about young quarterbacks. Yeah, he, and, and he's also my, outplaying your boy. Over, over the first year and a half? No, he's not. You're, see, no, you're doing what these guys on TV. You're doing what these guys on TV. Yeah, okay, three weeks ago, um, Deshaun Watson had the top QBR in NFL, and Dak Prescott was number two in the NFL. And we knew Deshaun was going to fall out of contention because he's injured and out. So take him out of the mix because he was already, he's already done for the year. And Dak, three weeks ago, had the top QBR in the NFL. So you're doing what these guys do, and now that there's a three-week slump, now all of a sudden Dak sucks. Now let's just throw the baby out with bathwater. Oh, let's forget the whole year. Let's forget that three weeks ago he had the best QBR in the NFL of all the active quarterbacks. Um, that doesn't matter no more. Let's forget he still, that he, he still had still has a better wins. QBR than Russell Wilson, but that just leads uh, me to believe that this, this QBR isn't the all-telling stat that, that you would like to make oh, it. because it doesn't I mean, support your ridiculous. So it doesn't support your argument. No, it doesn't so support, no it doesn't oh, okay, support okay. what's okay. actually being played out in the field. Russell Wilson because it has to do with eleven games. Are you it willing, has to do with eleven games. Are you willing games, to risk your football integrity? Three. Yeah, which is about a, almost a quarter of the season. Are you really willing to say that that Dak Prescott through these eleven games has been better than Russell Wilson? Yes, through eleven games. Yes. Well, over you're the a last homer. three. No, I'm, you asked me a question, and because I don't agree with you, I'm a homer. You, of all people, don't get to call yeah. anybody a homer. You, I, of I've all been people, right. At least when I've been a homer, I've been right. I've been right about AB and, L- and Le'Veon. Shit. And, and, and if I'm a homer, did I not admit that Antonio is the best wide receiver in the game? I said it. Did you I did. not say that? You did. That, did I not also? Wait, wait, wait. Did I also? Wait, 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 wait. Did I also say that Des Bryant has been a huge disappointment? <clears throat> So how am I a homer? Yeah, you, I'm, I'm you're, coming you're out and I'm calling it like I see it. I'm saying that Dez yeah. has been terrible. I'm being honest. I'm telling you over well, 11 I, games, I will take Dak Prescott over Russell Wilson. You want to look at the last three, and that's like the first no, eight. Whole year. It doesn't matter. Three weeks, ago, three weeks ago, I said Russell Wilson before he even hit the slope. Okay, three before weeks Dak ago. Dak, and so did Jay. And three weeks and okay, and that, and Jay can talk for himself. I'm speaking for me. I'm saying is that three weeks does not change my opinion. You want it to change my opinion? No, it won't. I think it's, because I, I look at a lot of things. All right, oh, all right. Three versus eight. Three versus twenty-seven. No, man. I'm, I'm looking at the whole season, and and Russell Wilson's been so terrific, so terrific, especially when you consider just the circumstances he's under. You know, he has no running game to speak of. He has, they had a trade midseason for offensive line, a tackle because they had nothing there. Like, he's just and, 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 like and Superman even back with, there. And, and even with the, 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 the defense being depleted and the late injuries they've had, he still had a better defense than the Cowboys. So, I, I, you know, it's arguable, I think. And, yeah, QBR agrees with me. Because it doesn't agree with you, now QBR is not valid. I think that's bullshit. Hey, QBR I'm shocked. I, I'm shocked that Q, his I'm QBR shocked. is actually legitimately 
uh, higher than Russell Wilson's because that's not what's been bared out the season on the field. Well, because you want to look at the last three weeks and forget the first eight, and I don't. No, I'm looking at a game. That's not true because that, you know that's not true though because three weeks ago I said Russell Wilson even then, so that's not true. And I did, and I said three weeks ago Dak Prescott, and because Dak is in a three-game slump, why should I change my mind? Yes, Russell Wilson's playing great. Congratulations. Because we have more, we have more information about Dak Prescott without without Zeke, he looks really bad. Oh, wait, so, so so wait a minute, so. So we have, 20, we have more qualitative uh, things to look at now. It's three games. Let's go a season without Zeke and then say, and then let him shit the bed, and then I'm with you. Three games. And at the same time, did you not hear anything I said? You want to you debate something, and you want to leave off relevant facts. At the same time, they didn't have Zeke. They also didn't have Sean Lee. At the same time, they didn't have Tyron Smith. He only came back for the last game, and he was still hurt. They also didn't have Dan Bailey. These are all pro bowlers. It's not just one player. Four pro bowlers that he didn't have. So there's a reason why. Now, hey, I won't say I'm not going to absolve Dak Prescott. He's pressed it. He's made some poor decisions. That throw to Cole Beasley underneath was ridiculous. That return for a pick six, it was ridiculous. And he had Jason Witten over the middle wide open, and he missed it. He's made mistakes. I'm not absolving him. But I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, because he's had three bad games. Under the circumstances that I understand, that that means like like the Fairweather Cowboy fans, uh, he sucks now. No. He's had three bad no, games. And I think even without Zeke, if Tyron's healthy, if Sean Lee is healthy, and Dan Bailey is healthy, and if, and if Dez wakes up, I think we'll see – Dak at a higher level, but you know, hey, he's not Tom Brady, he's not Aaron Rodgers, he's not Drew Brees, he's not even Ben. Although, you know, we haven't seen Ben without without your boy, but um, you know, he has not shown me yet that he can elevate players, and I will agree with that. So let's see. You know, he's only again, he's in the second year. He hasn't shown me that just yet, but man, over. You know, 17 games last year and 11 games, so 28 games. Yeah, I like what I've seen. I do, and I stick by them. What else you got? Because you're losing miserably so far. I'm not. I'm not losing miserably. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just observing the homerism and just. You you don't get to call me Homer, Mister Mister. You know, Mister Cam Newton is going to the Hall of Fame. Mister, you know, Pittsburgh's going to win every game they ever play. I mean, come on, man. Uh, listen, when I when I've been a Homer, I've been right. That's what I'm going to say. Um, number five, and this is for you, Jay. This is for you, and I wish Trainwork was here um, because it was actually kind of funny how this one turned out. You know, I, I got some crap saying that uh, you know the Jaguars. Uh, the leading division leader at the time when, you know, I guess they were tied with Tennessee is most likely to be the one that falters. Well, you know, just a few days after the Steelers stomped the Titans, which actually put Jacksonville at at first in the division unanimously, only for them to face plant at Arizona and get absolutely just destroyed by Blaine Gabbert. Unreal. Ridiculous. But the, the take of the Jaguars may choke their AFC lead away. It looks a lot better today. And the only reason why I'm bringing this one up is just because all the grief that Train, mostly Train, and Jay gave me at the time. Oh, okay. Train? The, you, you, you must have bumped your head when you made up number five. 
um, on some some sharp, blunt object because, first off, they didn't get destroyed by Arizona. When I saw the score of 27-24, uh, it was was Arizona at Arizona. So let's 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 take that and, and chop that one and put it to the side like like we do with some condiments when we're cooking in the kitchen. Now, I have made the the statement that you were incorrect because you were placing Jaguars as the number one team in that division because technically you were incorrect. They were not the number one team in the division. So for them to take that fall and then now you're looking at just one game with, with an Arizona team at Arizona, and we all know when East Coast teams traveling west or West Coast teams traveling east, with the exception of the Raiders from I think last year or year before, doesn't always bode well when a team has to travel from one coast to the other. So it, it seems like what, what T had just stated, you took that and decided you wanted to go one step further, which is beyond me. You you, you took three games, compared it with him. Now you're taking one game I didn't and comparing it to the entire season. But you just said you just said they face planted with Arizona. One, one game. I, I, I think that was one game. And the, the projection was that they would choke away the AFC South. And, and, and they, and like I said, they weren't even the leaders when you made that prediction. So you was already wrong off the bat because you didn't even pick the right They They were tied at first. They were tied for first. They, the season didn't end that day when we made those predictions. They, so really, they, they you, were were not just, you were arguing They're over not you were arguing either. Because if you go back into the stats right now, because I'm on NFL.com looking at it. They, they weren't first back then when we talked about it. They're not first now, and we're talking about it. So I'm still trying right, to understand where this, this number five came from. That's the point. That's the <laughs> point. Okay, so, but, but one game. I mean, it's, it's, you, you're, taking, you're taking something that's so easy to get a W, and you're still not getting a W for it. Because you were wrong in the beginning, and you're still wrong now. Okay. That's what, that's what I'm trying to get, get, get across to you. They didn't even pick the right team before I, I didn't correct you before because anyone with eyeballs and who wasn't listen, anyone with eyeballs hold on anyone anyone with eyeballs in a brain knew that Jacksonville was the best team in the AFC South even when they were tied amongst the top of the division we all knew that and the season didn't end a couple weeks ago when we made those predictions so it, really you guys are just being petty and that's why I'm bringing it up because I'm also petty and I wish Train were here because then I could be Tom Petty rest in peace that's it that's all. Man, you you could be Tom Petty. You can be Richard Petty. I don't <laughs> care what Petty you are. <laughs> In the words of The Rock, it doesn't matter what version of Petty you are because the point of the matter uh, is simply this. Tennessee is number one because their division record is three and one. Jacksonville is two and one in division. Tennessee is the number one team. They have a better divisional record, which means they break the tie. Just like when we talked about this three weeks ago, Tennessee had a better record than Jacksonville because I believe the divisional record, they broke the tie. So if the season were to end today, Tennessee would be number one, Jacksonville would be number two. You had paid Jacksonville then, and, and, and I believe the statement was which division leader, dot, dot, dot. Jacksonville wasn't even a division leader, so that's why you got teased and picked on. Now you won't bring it up again, and they're still not the division leader. Well, you, you, of you, course they're not. Like open the, open the mouth, insert both feet. No, the the point is they're not the division leader because I said they wouldn't be the division leader. But you you picked I, them when you I, thought they were the division leader. They weren't even the division leader. But I'm not sure I even get the point. The 
Case time. I'm not even. I'm not even sure. What what was? Help me understand your original point because I'm lost. So the point was they. The original argument was that the Jaguars likely would be the ones that choke away, most likely of the, the current division leaders at the time, to choke away the division simply because of the erratic quarterback play. We just saw it this past week. Um, and they had that a, was, a brief lead over the, over the division. Yeah, they had a brief lead over the division, in which they already have lost because Bortles decided to Bortle it up. And so I'm just simply having fun with it because they, you know, wanted to be real um, petty with it before with, you know, with acting as if the tiebreakers really mattered at, at week 10 or, or uh, week nine. And that, that was pretty much it. So you're saying that the Jack, the Jaguars are going to choke away the season. I think they're most likely still of the, of the uh, division leaders. Yes. Okay. And, and where are you proven right on this? at this point that you brought this up. I'm trying to understand where, where you're right because they're tied well, they for just, first place uh, in their division. Well, again, they just lost. We, we saw a game that was definitely winnable. I mean, they shouldn't, there's no excuse for them losing at Arizona to Blaine Gabbert, especially with the way their defense is playing. And we're already seeing some of the, the warts within Jacksonville, and it's the quarterback play ultimately I think will cost them the division. Okay. You're talking about what will happen, but right now they're – they're still right there. So you're probably a little premature. Um, okay. Um, we got a phone call. Let's, 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 ooh, good. This ought to be interesting. Yeah. 310, welcome to the Madden Voice. You're damn right you got a phone call. You wanted me here, K-Star? Well, I'm here. I was quietly listening at work, trying to get work done, listening to you guys. But you wanted yes. me here. You kept asking for Dr. Train. Well, I'm here, bro, at work, and I got to keep my voice down. Now, what is wrong? What kind of quest number five? What is that? That You know what? Let's yeah. face the facts. First of all, you didn't even answer the question correctly when it was proposed two weeks ago. They weren't the division leader. They were second. Tennessee was. So you were wrong off the bat. But because we nice to you and we realized you was dropped on the head a little bit coming up, we let you have that. And did you come with that as your question five? I wish Train was here. Well, I'm here. Yeah. And you still sound silly. Yeah. You need right. a better number five. <laughs> Try again. Oh, my God. I didn't know this was Train, by the way. I didn't know. I, I didn't know. I just saw someone Listen, call in. I didn't know. You're welcome, uh, TMV fans. I I brought him out from the dead and trained. I didn't know where the hell he was. I managed to resurrect this man and to summon him to TMV to get an appearance out of him. And here he is. Hi, Dr. Train. (laughs) 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 You know, you brought up five points. You brought up five points, and I think you had four and a half that were debunked. I think I think the only I think the only point yeah Yeah, Russell Wilson was debunked. Yeah, yeah. All right. Zeke was the Zeke, Zeke was the buck. Get out well, of here! Get you, out you, of here! You have you have half a point with Zeke. He is a phenom. He is a freak. But I think I'm showing you that based on your own team, um, how important it no. is to have a wide receiver so, that that threatens the secondary, and you're, you're we don't have that right now. That. No, yeah, I'm, yeah, no, you're, I'm you're not. You're blaming it on Dez. You're blaming it on Dez. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm being honest with 
with if Dak you know is, if Cowboys Dak is as good as Russell, if nearly as good as Russell Wilson, he'd certainly be able to get through this. He's not able to because he's not as good as Russell Wilson. But somehow you, you feel like you got that point. Okay. Well, I did. I okay. mean, and, and again, again, QBR supports me, but since it doesn't QBR, support you, now QBR this, this doesn't is matter. This a great example that QBR you. is flawed. Because it doesn't this is a perfect because it doesn't example that QBR is not the buy and deal. Because it doesn't this support is a your example. position. Mm-hmm. Because, because it doesn't yeah, support your Wilson, position. Seven of four has twice as many touchdowns, twice less, twice less interceptions. He's been doing it all year. It's absurd. Because it doesn't support your position. That's Who why do you believe Zach the Prescott's better than Russell Wilson? Me. Anyone else? Doesn't matter what anybody. I don't need. I'm not like you. I don't need people to agree with me. I, I, think I never need anyone to agree with me. Over, I'm fine with it, over, but it's just a ridiculous. Over, well, the question was, you, now you're changing the question on who's better. Russell Wilson is more accomplished. Uh, He's had a longer career. The question was, who would you take? That was the question that I answered. Don't change the question now because I'm eating your lunch on your question. The question was, who would you take? <laughs> I would take, that's what I said, he's a star on his helmet. based on yeah. 28 games of what I've seen. The three games that he has absolutely positively doesn't change my mind. Now, if he continues to stink, I may come back and change my position. But right now, what I am telling you is, based on 28 games, he has better numbers than everybody in the NFL. When you look you at arguments. Oh, I'm yeah, not, you QBR, we, we know. That's great. You, you talk about changing arguments. First of all, when we talk about it, it was for this season. It wasn't be, uh, from previous years, you're bringing that into the equation since you know Zach's been. You want to judge it by wins and losses? You want to judge it by touchdown interception ratio? Go look it up. Russell Wilson Over 28 games, he's better than Russell Wilson. Look it up. Uh, you're changing it to 28 games. I'm talking about this season. And if you want to look at it, just, 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 just uh, well, die in the sword. This is ridiculous. It is ridiculous because you're telling me what to judge him on. You said best young quarterback. So I'm looking at a year and a half of his playtime. I'm not just looking when, at this season. The original, the original question, though, when you you're the one who actually originally asked it, was this? You know, so far this season, who would you take as your quarterback the rest of the year, and why? Me and Jay said Russell Wilson. You said Dak, and you still stand by Dak over Russell Wilson, despite what we've seen from Dak without Zeke, and despite, moreover, what we've seen from Russell Wilson without a whole team. Well. I, I, you know, you say a whole team, fine. I, I don't know. I don't know that I agree with the whole team. Um, I think Jimmy Graham's looking pretty good over there, if you ask me. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that we have anybody. I mean, I love Jason Witten, but Jason Witten's, you know, he's a solid, um, uh, you know, tight end, but he can't do what Jimmy Graham can do as far as versatility goes. So, I, you know, I think you sit there and say he's got nobody. I don't agree that he's got nobody. Okay, and, and, and again, yes, I'm sticking by my guns because unlike you, I'm not a prisoner of the moment. I can look at the complete body of work and make, and make an informed decision. I don't let a game or two. I don't uh-huh. say because somebody has four or five games as a rookie and looks good, and I say he's going to the Hall of Fame. And I told you then, uh-huh. as an example, you need more time. So based on 28 games, yes, I like what I see from Dak. And I would stick with that. He would be my guy over Russell Wilson. It's as simple as that. That's how I feel about it. And the numbers 
whether you want to agree with me or not, don't matter. The numbers actually support what I'm saying. They don't that's agree a, with it this a, year. They don't. They don't. Only one metric does QBR, and it shows you that's flawed because of it. Because, because, because it doesn't support your argument. Okay. Well, you know. No, because it doesn't support what's actually played out on the football field. <laughs> no. Okay. So, so, so we know more. Okay. You know more than the NFL. Because that's 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 one uh, of the well, rankings that they, you know more. Okay, that's that, cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I can you more, look at touchdown ratio versus interception ratio. You could look at no regular quarterback rating. Yeah. Yep. You, Every yeah, other you know more. You know Every more. Every other stat. <laughs> you, like I said, you know more. Yeah. Apparently, hey, if QBR is a holy grail, then that's a false prophet. So yeah. I didn't say it was a holy grail. I'm saying that you're acting like I'm, it. No, I'm acting like it. No, because I because again, you're downing it because it doesn't support your argument. Unlike you, I don't just dismiss stats that don't support my argument. I'm saying it's the same thing I said. I'm very consistent. Whether you agree with me or not, don't care. I'm saying the same exact thing I said three weeks ago. I said he's got the top QBR in the NFL. Deshaun Watson is better, but he's already on injured reserve, so sorry, it doesn't count anymore. So he's got the top QBR in the NFL. Three weeks later, I'm saying he has a better QBR than Russell Wilson. You didn't argue with me three weeks ago about that. You didn't uh, say QBR doesn't I, I did. matter. Any, no, you didn't. You just said you'd go with I, Russell Wilson. I did. I, I said I was Russell Wilson because – You yeah, did I, not – you did not question QBR three weeks ago. You just no, said I, said, I would, go with Q, No, no, no. I said go with QBR. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. And now that we've seen even in these past three weeks that somehow Zach has a better QBR than Russell Wilson, yeah, I'm starting to question the metric now because that's ridiculous. Yeah, but don't so you're changing your judgment. I'm being consistent. I told you three weeks I'm ago. I'm not changing my judgment. I said Russell Wilson. But you didn't say QBR is irrelevant, T. Why are you using QBR? QBR uh, isn't a way to measure that up. You didn't say anything about it. Now you want to say, oh, I don't believe in QBR. Why didn't you say that three weeks ago if you felt so strongly about Russell Wilson and Dak had a higher QBR? You didn't question it then. Now you're questioning it. Why? Because it doesn't support your argument? Because Dak has been absolutely dreadful these last three weeks. Russell's continued to be sustainably good. And somehow QBR is still better. Despite that being 18% of the NFL season, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That metric is bearing itself out to not look so hot. Because it's 11 games and not three. Sorry to disappoint you, but yeah, it's 11 it's games. better than 11, 11 games, and that's why I don't understand how the QBR is, is reflective. Uh, you don't have to understand it. You didn't question it three games ago when it didn't support your opinion. Don't question it now. Because yeah, I'm yeah, using it's, the okay. – It's QBRT. That's the your argument. Game. We get it. It's I'm not get our one. The, I'm, it's, I'm using the same <laughs> – you're the one changing it, not me. Your argument is inconsistent. I never changed it. I, my, was, my argument was always no, over him. Did you mention QBR three weeks ago? Did you bring it up at all? I, I didn't bring it up to, to suggest why I thought Russell Wilson was better because I didn't value it like you do. You're the one who's okay. overvaluating it. I'm not uh, because it, <laughs> you should evaluate your valuation and well, look at QBR all, and wonder if that's still the right approach. This is I don't need you. To, I don't need you to tell me what I should do. What I need you, you to should. understand. No, I don't care what you think. I'm trying to tell you that your argument is weak because I am consistent. I'm saying exactly what I said three games ago. You're not. That's the difference. See, the only thing you're being consistent about is you're being consistently wrong here. Well, I don't believe that I'm being wrong. What I am telling you is 
I would go with Dak in over 11 games. I think he's playing better than um, Russell Wilson. I think over the last three games, absolutely Russell Wilson's playing a lot better. Stevie Wonder could see that. I'm not just looking at three games. I'm looking at 11. And my stats back it. And that's what you can't handle. That's what you're like. Well, you're, using, you're, using stats, you're using stats huh? plural, but that's not the case because you're only using QBRs or stats. That's not true. Well, QBR is a culmination. It's a culmination of yeah. all the stats. It's a weighted average, I know. It's a culmination. And it's the same thing I used three games ago. So I'm being yeah. consistent. You are not. And that's my point. Okay. Dude. All right. Train, you still there? I'm still here. Listen to this idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I've been an old time listening to this idiot. Yeah, it, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I just said, I just said to K Star, man, something's wrong because you haven't gotten under my skin the whole show, man. Something's wrong. So, you know, he he he, he got go. come through. You know, like I said, four, 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 four and a half ridiculous points. The only, the only point that I will give him some credit on is, yes, Zeke is a phenom. Zeke is important to Dallas. I don't believe he's the, the reason important. for all I'm not there yet. I'm just, I'm just not there yet. I'm not there with most important because numbers show, you know, what Sean Lee means to that team. You know, Sean Lee didn't play against Denver and Zeke did and didn't. Didn't do a damn thing against Denver, not a damn thing. And Sean Lee didn't play, so I'm not sure I'm there yet. I get there, I'm not sure I'm there yet. And I'm saying Dak struggled. A lot of it has to do with missing all these controllers. And somebody, somebody out there in the receiving core got to step up and give the secondary something to be afraid of. Because I'm going to tell you this: take 84 off your team. Just take them off. Just get rid of him, and let's see. Let's see how much uh, success Bell has. I'm not saying he would be terrible, but the whole team changes without 84. And Bell, pretty damn good, but 84 is phenomenal. So I'm just saying. And we used to have a guy that played on that level, and I don't know what the hell happened to him. He ain't playing on that level no more. He ain't got Tony Romo, man. Well, maybe, maybe. But I'm the guy. You know, you want to talk about accountability? All of y'all said keep Romo on the bench last year when I said I'd put Romo back in the game. And all y'all said, T, you got to go with the high hand. And I was the last one on this show and maybe the last one in the country to come around and say, okay, fine, you know, got to stick with that. But I said week after week I'd put Romo in. The experience, the playbook, I'd put Romo in. So you want to talk about, you know, you want to sit there and, and tell me that um, <laughs> you were right about Dak, but now you're, you were right about Dak over Romo, but now I'm wrong about Dak over Wilson. So make up your mind, because I said leave Romo. But That's what I said. That wasn't my, my – now you're – Jesus. You're talking about changing things. This is what you're doing right now. This is absurd. I never said that, first of all. And also what that. I said, well, I've been saying for a couple of years, well, I've been saying since DeMarco, or not since DeMarco, but since Zeke first came in, was I thought he was a Cowboys MVP. You talk consistency. I've been saying that since day one, that Zeke's been the starter. But you did. You also said keep Dak in the game and don't put Romo back I, in. We'll, we'll make your own list next week. How about that? You make your own I list. Don't need, I don't need to you make a list. You come at me, bro. 
Yeah, you come at me, bro. Too easy. Too easy. Coming at you is too easy. I, I can I can I can I can go down a list in which man over the years I I can I can create a laundry list of where you were just wrong, <laughs> not even like not yeah. even close. Just the only thing I give you credit for, the only thing that I cannot take away from you is '84 is the real deal, and I think he's head and shoulders above everybody in NFL. And I can't I cannot take that away from you. You've said it all along, and I will agree with you on that. The man is just incredible, and. I don't know if 84 went to another team if he is good. I don't know if it's just Ben making him that good or they, their chemistry. I don't know, but it don't really matter because that didn't good. He really is. And I, I, I will give you that one. You know, Dez had one good year where I thought he was at that level, and that was 2014, and since then, Dez ain't done a damn thing. So I, I won't even, and I won't too even bad. insult. Uh, it is what it is. I, I ain't saying it's too bad. I think you know, it, it well, is he was what a it fun is. player to watch, even non-Cowboy fans. Like when Dez was on, Dez was really fun to watch. Like he was a beast, man. He was just like a – I mean, he wasn't T.O. by any means, but he reminded me of T.O. in the way that he was after the catch. He was so strong and, and, and just powerful as a player, and he was just fun to watch. And now he's just – I don't know. He still seems well. good, just not what he was for whatever reason. Well – you know, and I'll just say this in closing. You know, Theo was one of my favorite wide receivers, and you know, when you look at when you look at Dez at 29 and the struggles he's having, it should people should really respect how good Theo was, because Theo was good up yep. in his middle to late 30s. He was good. You know, all yep. pro with three different teams. You know, you should really start to respect what that man was able to do in his career. Just saying. All right. That's all I got for tonight. Oh, power uh, rankings real quick, even though this this guy missed the five points on the phone, didn't send me his. But, um, so oh, wait, we'll go wait, 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 wait. So he can bring five dumbass points, but he can't send in his rankings? Send in rankings. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. He ain't sending in rankings. Man. Just saying. I brought you on the phone, and, though. I brought you on the phone, and, though. You know what? And you would think. That the dude that like the first thing he would like Monday morning he'd be sending them in with his team being a top five right. team he'd be you know I mean I, I if my team was nine and two man <laughs> yeah I'd be texting y'all rankings every every twenty minutes by the way the Cowboys I'd be y'all be y'all be sick of me I'd be sending them so many times um, anyway TMV rankings number one the Philadelphia Eagles that was unanimous number two was not unanimous but consensus was the New England Patriots. Number three, Pittsburgh Steelers. Number four, the Minnesota Vikings. Number five, the um, Los Angeles Rams. I did not have the Vikings in my top five, um, um, which, was, which was interesting that we fluctuated between the Rams, Saints, and Vikings for our last two teams. Um, I didn't have the Vikings, and JB didn't have the Rams, and Train didn't have the Saints. So um, I went with the quarterback. Uh, Keenum, you know, he's playing well, but he's a journeyman. And of the three quarterbacks, I'm going to go with Breeze, of course. I'll go with Goff at this point over Case Keenum. So that's, that's why I left, uh, I left the Vikings out. But, you know, it's arguable. It's not, there's really no, you know, it's arguable. You know, it, 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 big it, win, though, for the Rams. I mean, they just beat the Saints. That's a big win. Yeah, it was a big win. It was a big win. Um, you know, it was a good win. And, um, yep. but, you know, at the, at the you know when we get into the playoffs, you know, 
I, 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 yeah, let's see what happens. Let's just leave it there. We'll see what happens. All right. Is, 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 is McVay uh, coach of the year hands down right now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, well, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't dismiss. I would not dismiss Eagles quarterback. Remember, they were they were bottom also. They were bottom of their Pe- division. Peterson Peterson should definitely get some votes. And you know, there's been a lot of talk about MVP Brady or or um, you know uh, Wentz. And I think coach of the year. I think it's the same thing. It's unfortunate that when you're so good. You know, it's it's like, you know, they say that about LeBron James. He could win MVP every year, right? Um, Tom Brady could win it every year. And, you know, I, 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 I think Bill Belichick should also be in that discussion. Again, you know, it's not – listen, I'm a Cowboy fan. I know how hard it is to – after winning a Super Bowl, after, you know, that, why did Jimmy Johnson end up stepping down? People think Jerry Jones forced him out. Yeah, there was friction between him and Jerry Jones. There's no doubt about it. But the bigger reason, and I've heard this out of Jerry, Jimmy Johnson's mouth, is he said, man, after winning back-to-back Super Bowls, I just didn't think I had the team's attention enough to come back and do it a third time. I just don't think I could have rallied them enough to do it. You know, what you need to do to win a Super Bowl, I don't think I would have been the guy to do it, so I turned it over to somebody else to do it. And the fact that Belichick is able to come back every year and do what he does, you know, he deserves some consideration. Maybe the guy in Pittsburgh, 9-2, and two, could deserve some consideration. You know, I mean, there's some great things going on. Sean Payton, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of teams that either have a history of doing well and forget forgotten about, or there's other teams like the Saints who a year ago was nowhere – and now look at them. Got a little defense playing. Got a run game going with that guy, that rookie. Um, you know, but yeah. I think at the end of the day, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to McVeigh or uh, Peterson. I think it will be one of those two to get uh, coach of the year. And uh, I think it would be deserved. What about Zimmer with the Vikings? I mean, he's going through what two, three different quarterbacks. Yeah. 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 Can't he forget about him either. And we always talk yeah. about coaching quarterback, and, and he's doing it with, with someone that nobody thought would be on the radar, and he's been able to do it consistently throughout the year. I think he deserves some consideration too. And that's why I brought up the question because I don't think it's a hands-down walk in, a walk away with McVay. I think there's some other folks that are under consideration that definitely could be in the discussion. The reason why I think that McVay should walk away with it, though, is because this is his first year with the team. You at least have established – um, model with these other coaches with what they're trying to put out game plan wise schematically just the foundation you have McVay and the Rams in their second year in LA a team that went I believe 3-13 and 13 the year before a team that was dead last in every single offensive set and category a team to where people were starting to wonder if even Ted Gurley still had it because he was so bad and putrid in, in, in LA the previous year you have McVay now with Jerry and people were writing Jerry Goff off before second year which was absolutely absurd but you, ha- you still had those people doing it, and they turned this team around into the first pl- uh, to the number one scoring team right now in the NFL, and that's it's just it, it's amazing. It's it's truly amazing. Yeah, and I also think wow. the fact that the guy thirty one years old to rule out golf from last year that, that's not absurd because golf looked absolutely horrible last year. He like a it was absurd. Headlight. It was absurd. He was a rookie rookie in a in a, in a Jeff Fisher offense 
with no real weapons to speak of outside Todd Gurley. The offensive line was terrible. He had no, the, the, there was no offense creativity at all within that team. It was a dumpster fire, and that's why I think it's so impressive what McVay did. And actually, that should give him some more points in your book if you were one of those who were saying that you know golf was just looking like a dumpster fire himself. Because I mean, well, obviously he made him uh, look like a player that could be something special um, if he continues at this rate. I'm not discrediting McVay at all. I, I think he is definitely deserving, and, and I, could, I could see him winning. But to say that golf didn't look like a horrific mess last year, he had to learn to take a snap on the center again. Mm-hmm. Enough said. He had to learn how to take a snap on the center again. So that alone tells me, okay, we got some issues. And when he was out there, I don't care if it was a Jeff Fisher offense or Fisher-Price offense, he still looked like a deer in headlights. <laughs> Well, it was a Fisher Price offense in there? He still looked like a deer in headlights. Yeah, okay, but again, he's a rookie. That's why I don't understand why people kill the rookies. Like, uh, talk Dak about was a rookie last year. He didn't yeah, look like okay. That. Carson Dak, Wentz was a rookie last Dak year. He didn't look like that. He was a number two pick. Carson oh Wentz God. went number two, uh, and he didn't look. We can't have this conversation like if you're going to bring up guys like you're bringing up teams that were put in so much better situations than than what Jared Goff was in. My point is. You, you're, not, and it, you're not listening to what I just said, though, K-Star. The, the you, you're not listening to what I said. But so was, so was Wentz, so was Prescott. What I'm saying simply <laughs> is this. The eyeball test of looking in the quarterback, and basically the eyeball looking at the quarterback's eyes, he did not have a clue what he was doing. That's why they kept him on the bench for so long. Wentz went in there, took the reins from day one. Prescott was forced to take the reins from day one, did so. I've seen Derek Carr come in, take the reins from day one. Deshaun Watson came in this year, took the reins almost from day one. The eyeball test said they did not look like a deer in headlights. That's my point that I'm getting. I'm not talking about the weapons around them. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the quarterback himself, how he looked in his eye. And golf last year looked lost. Now, credit to McVay, he's been able to put him in a position where he's now able to thrive. So that's why I said I don't discredit McVay for getting coach of the year. He'd probably get my vote. I'm just saying other folks should be taken into consideration. But I'm focusing specifically on the sense of you saying that it's absurd to think golf was a dumpster fire. Said, no, it ain't. No, it ain't. It's, it's absurd to project a player off only, off only his rookie year because we simply have not seen enough. That's all I'm saying, and that people who, no, who assume, the people who no, assumed, and there were many people, let me finish. He said, what did he let look me, like? Let me, what okay. did he look listen, like last year? What I said, he listen, what I said was, all right, you can keep going with the floor then. Just keep, keep talking. He, he looked god-awful. I mean, that's just how that's, it went that, down. He looked awful. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's who he is as a player, and that's what we saw. That's the whole point. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. K-Star, K-Star. Okay, sir, hold on. He looked like crap last year, so that's who he was, period. Now, we don't know, you know, well, we know now. We didn't know then if he could be improved or fixed. We've seen players come in and stink it up and never really get there, like a, like a Tim Tebow, right? Never really get there. I don't think Paxton Lynch is going to get there, to be totally honest with you. We've seen guys no. like a Carson Wentz not have a good rookie year. He was serviceable, but not all that good. They worked with him in the offseason, changed his football delivery. Now he's looking like an MVP. So I think what Jay is saying is 
He's not saying that he couldn't be fixed. He's just saying, hey, after one year, the guy looked terrible, period. It's just a snapshot in time. And he did. There were people throwing the bus word around with Jared Goff last year. There were people saying he might be a bust. And so yeah. he turns out not to be because of, I think, because of the coach. <laughs> I think he went in there and yeah. you know, worked with him. And now the guy looks like, you know, he's going to have a great career. He looks he looks good. He looks like he looks like a well last year he did look like a deer in headlights. He he looked terrible. He you know, and that's all he that's did. all JP is saying is he looked terrible. And uh terrible. we don't know you know but you never know. Like I said, Paxton Lynch, I think he's I don't think he's ever gonna go anywhere. No. You know, they you know he's I been like for three years now. He can't he's been like for three years, he could be up. Couldn't be out. Couldn't be out. Freaking Trevor Simeon or freaking Brock Osweiler. There's oh, a few other guys that will never really. You know what I mean? These guys have flashes, but they're not going anywhere. Geno Smith, we just talked about, right? He's had flashes, <laughs> but he ain't going anywhere. You know? Come on. Such and I think decision. at the oh, God, train. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the year, I think you know Jay makes a valid point, but. I think McVeigh, but also McVeigh did what he did, but also Peterson. I mean, they reworked Carson Wentz uh, delivery at QB, and now he's looking like an MVP. So if you're going to give McVeigh credit, you got to give Peterson credit yeah. for what he did with, with Geno. I mean, with uh, um, Carson Wentz. Right, Carson. So definitely do. Yeah. yeah. So all right. Um, hey, listen. Final words. Uh, let's start with Dr. Train. Late arrival, but uh, always welcome. Any uh, quick thoughts, Dr. Train? Uh, but man, I, I did. I, I I was here at work. I was like, I, well, I can listen because I really wanted to get work done, and I did. But I listened to the show, and I just kept hearing K Star talking about, I wish Train was here. I wish Train was here. I wish Tra-, for a ridiculous point. Still feel like it's just <laughs> it's, it's, it's just pure silliness because you picked a team that was number two anyway when we said pick a division leader, and they weren't then, and they still aren't now. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, Train. <laughs> this is just pure ridiculousness. I don't even know why you had a little bit of brother Jay argue with you on that. It just didn't even make much sense. Like <laughs> this, and um, yeah, what 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 Ben Mac? Out of all things I've I, all things that have happened this this week, um, what Ben McAdoo has done with Eli Manning is just um, d- that's that's just downright disrespectful. I, I don't. I don't I don't care how, how how bad your team is going. It's, it's definitely not all on on that guy. Uh, you're missing a lot of pieces, and your GM paid a lot of money to bring in all these defensive players, and they can't guard a little league from scoring touchdowns. So, um, other than that, my season is over. So all I got to do is watch the last. What four games now, or five games? How many games is left? Five. Last five games, just to see how well Trubisky will finish out. <sighs> the bad part about it is that we might give San Francisco their second win since they're starting Jimmy Garoppolo. All depends on how well our defense shows up, though. There you go. All right. Yeah. Um. Well, thanks for, you know, the highlight of my night was you coming on unexpectedly. <laughs> oh, man. Don't, don't, don't remind you of wrestling when you're coming out of the stands instead of coming down the aisle. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, that, that was that was that was man. That was, I like I like that man. Unexpected and um, you know, certainly gave us some sizzle to the night. Um, all right, um, K Star, your final thoughts. As a man of the people, I brought Train onto the show tonight, and that was the point of the fifth point was to troll. And I'm glad that as as becoming a master of the troll that I was able to bring out Train, who provided some incredible material. It was pretty funny. Train, I'm glad you're here. And yes, guys, that whole number five was to be silly and to bring about ruckuses. I didn't, I didn't expect Train to come on. I'm certainly glad he did. That was hilarious. Train, I'm happy you were here. Um, and yeah, like, like we talked about, there's only five games left, so just trying to soak them up and enjoy them um, before it's too late, before the season runs out. All right. All right. Uh, JB, final thoughts? Man, K-Star, your number five is like putting lipstick on a pig. That's some bull, man, please. Brock Train on the show. You did it. Hey, hey, that's fine with me. You're right. Brock Train, that's how I'm yeah. playing bull. You had to pedal. You got so bad, you had to bring Train out of his job just to set you straight. Hope you don't get fired for your foolishness. But anyway, <laughs> Cowboys got five games left in, uh, in the season, and they play the Redskins on Thursday, too. 48 hours from now, basically, a little less than that. And, and T and I, we, we talked about this when I was home. Must-win game, playoffs start now for them. Uh, uh, hopefully they can pull this one out. They have to. They got to get it together. So it, it's make or break now. They got to start winning, and they got to start winning against the Redskins. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. I, I don't have anything to add. Guy, Cowboys, I'm sick of this. You know, I'm sick of uh, – uh, you know, you tease me, you know, you, you give me something to get excited about. Three years ago, um, you know, you, you went into the playoffs and you won a playoff game against uh, Detroit and then you go to Green Bay. Now, granted, Dez got robbed, but that said, you still lost that game. Then the following year, you get injuries, Romo's out, everybody's hurt, and you go 5-11 and 11 or whatever the hell the record was. Um you know, and then, uh, you know, you, you you come back and you, you go and you're able to, you know, the good news is you're able to da- draft De- uh, uh, Zach, I'm sorry, um, Des Bryant. You get Dak in, um, you get some pieces together, and the team looked great last year, 13-3, and three, number one seed. Um, you, let, you let Green Bay um, get out on you, and you can't come back on them, and you end up losing, uh, you know, the playoff game. And come into this season with high expectations, like excited about what the season's going to be. And, you know, uh, Sean Lee gets hurt. Dez ain't playing well. Tyron Smith is hurt. Dan Bailey is hurt. Zeke gets suspended. Dak is not playing like crap. And here we are with the season on the brink. It's like the same old same. There's no Romo. Everybody blamed Romo all these years. Romo's long gone, and it's the same old same. So what are you going to be, Dallas? Is it going to be the same old same? Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan, uh, Rod Marinelli? Are you guys going to step up at home Thursday night and show some class and some character and some fight? Get this win. Get the 6-6. and Stay in a playoff race and see if we can get on a little roll here and get hot at the right time. And as Mike Tomlin said, raise holy hell, you know, in November going into December. What are you guys going to be? Are you going to be Tlaib or are you going to be Crabtree? <laughs> what you going to be? And that's all I got to say about that. So for Dr. Train, thank you for coming. For JB and for K-Star, <laughs> 
Everybody have a great night. We'll see you next Tuesday night. And remember, with Madden Voice, all feuds settled on the field. Good night, everybody. Thank you.